This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's Malaysia Day this weekend where Sabah, Sarawak and Malaya became Malaysia. So it's only apt that we celebrate someone from Sarawak in this week's Her Vantage. I'm here with City Sulaiman, Shell Country Chair and Senior Vice President Upstream Malaysia. And may I add the first woman country chair appointed at the beginning of 2023. It's a pleasure and honour to speak to you, City. Hi, Freda. Good to be able to speak with you today. You know, I, I was looking through your 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 history and you started your career in Shell nearly 30 years ago as an engineer, right? I that's assume right, that was, you, been a long I assume, time. I assume that's the only company you work for. But uh, that aside, did you envision being where you are today, 30 years ago? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, you know, not in those early days of my career. Uh, but one thing for sure, I, I knew that I did not want to be an engineer for the rest of my career. Uh, so I, you know, I, I decided to, first of all, build my foundation. Um, you know, and then after that, I started to broaden into other areas, including uh, the non-technical space. Right. Okay, and I want to talk a little bit about Shell at the moment. Uh, in your areas of focus, with you coming on this role, right? What are some of the initiatives, uh, with Shell besides net zero by twenty fifty that you're excited about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed, the net zero emissions by twenty fifty is only one of our four powering progress goals uh, of Shell's global strategy. Now, in addition to net zero emission, we also aim to create, um, you know, generate value for our shareholders, uh, customers, and the wider society. Uh, We aim to power lives by giving back to the community in the way we operate. And whatever that we do in exploration, project, or production-related activities, we must make sure that we also respect the nature and protect our environment. Now, if I look at the purpose of Shell as a company, we are here to provide more and cleaner energy solutions. And we will do this whilst profitably transitioning Shell to become a net zero emission uh, energy business by 2050. If I were to draw your attention to Malaysia, now Malaysia is a heartland for the Shell Group. We have leading businesses in upstream, uh, we have midstream business as well as downstream. And we certainly see ourselves as being, you know, one of the companies playing a key role in shaping a balanced energy transition in Malaysia. Now, there are a number of projects in Malaysia upstream, um, you know, that we are very excited about. So two that I can uh, speak about today, Freda, one is Timi. Yes, Timi is an offshore uh, gas uh, field in Sarawak, offshore Bintulu. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, we declared first gas from our Timi field. Now, the exciting part about Timi is the fact that it features our first wellhead platform in Malaysia, that is powered by solar and wind. And it's actually made possible in part by the very innovative design that actually reduced the platform weight by approximately 60% compared to the conventional design. And the other one to watch out for, and I wouldn't be touching on the details today, is another project called Rosemary Majoram. This is going to be a major project for us, again, in uh, offshore Sarawak, 
um, you know, and you know, talking about uh, generating uh, value with less emission, this is going to be one of the the most significant and carbon resilient projects that we have in our upstream portfolio. And uh, a sneak peek to that is, you know, the unique uh, offshore platform of Rosemary Majoram later on will be powered by two hundred and forty. Uh, solar panels. Uh, so lots of exciting stuff to look forward to uh, in Malaysia, uh, Freda. Right. And I know you're doing a couple of things with the community, as you were saying. I, I'm very mm-hmm. excited. I've seen some of the winners from the Shell Life Wire program, right? I mean, and I guess maybe a little bit about that and why, you know, Shell is embarking on programs like that. Yeah. So Life Wire is, is really about giving back to the community. Yeah, so if you were to relate it back to the you know powering life strategy that I spoke about, LifeWire is indeed one of the programs that we have launched in Malaysia in 2015 uh, to really give back to the community. And this is about developing more entrepreneurs, um, you know, particularly amongst the community of Sarawak and Sabah, because that's where you know we are big in the context of our upstream business. Uh, but quite recently, we have actually widened that to the West Malaysia community as well. Now, to date, we have invested over 3 million ringgit in delivering this program. We have trained over 600 entrepreneurs across Sarawak, Sabah, and to a certain extent, West Malaysia as well. And, you know, as of end of last year, um, you know, we've actually expanded the program a lot more. You know, as I said, we started off uh, in Sabah, Sarawak, but end of last year, we've expanded the program to a number of different locations in Peninsula, Malaysia. Okay, I want to talk a little bit back uh, about you, you know, and you've held uh, various roles uh, within Shell from HR to planning in in various countries, right? And, you know, was that by design in terms or default, right, in terms of building your capabilities? Not by design, for sure. (laughs) So I did inject uh, a lot of flexibility in my career planning. Um, you know, I, I decided to actually spend quite a number of years uh, during the early career days uh, to build my foundation, simply I, because I believe that it's so important to have foundation in something, right? So mm-hmm. something can be anchor on in terms of your knowledge and capabilities before I actually broaden myself into other areas. Now, in fact, uh, my first broadening assignment was in HR. uh, And it was a super interesting assignment. I learned a lot. um, And I never looked back to regret on any of those decisions around, you know, the broadening assignment. Um, And I think, you know, uh, for me, what's really important uh, throughout my career journey, I was guided by a number of key principles, right, in terms of what I wanted to do things which were of priorities uh, for me and handrails that I, you know, I was using along the way uh, to make some of those key decisions. Right. And this is, of course, from your 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 studies in as an engineer and, you know, that uh, that transition all this while. We're speaking of energy transition. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your opinion about women in STEM and, and STEM and how we can get more women in STEM in just a moment. I'm here with City Slam and Shell Country Chair. Stay tuned to her vantage, BFM 89.9. Backing feminist movements, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good 
morning. This is Frida Liu. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Her Vantage. And this is where we speak to women of influence and leadership. It's a Malaysia Day special. We have Siti Sulaiman, Shell Country Chair, the first woman country chair uh, from Sarawak. Um, you know, I want to just get, you know, your opinion, right? How, of course, you started your career as an engineer. And do you feel there are now more women in STEM and what needs to be done to encourage more women here? And maybe take me back 30 years ago when you decided to do engineering. Yeah, I can, you know, I certainly think that we can do a lot more to encourage uh, women's uh, participation and growth uh, in the STEM or technical areas. Uh, when I did my mechanical engineering degree, I mean, about 30 or actually more than 30 years ago, Freda, I was the minority. Right. It was hardly 10% um, of female students, right, in, in the mechanical engineering faculty at that point in time. Um, and when I joined Shell, uh, again, you know, being in the technical space, um, I was also a minority at that point in time. Now, I'm really glad to see that we have progressed a lot in Shell Malaysia, particularly around encouraging more and more women uh, talents uh, to be developed in the STEM area. But I certainly think that we can do a lot more. Um, and first of all, I think it's important that we focus on education and outreach. Uh, reaching out to schools, to higher institutions, introducing young girls, right, to STEM fields um, at early stage uh, through school programs, extracurricular activities, and, and so on. And certainly for Shamalisia, for instance, we do offer uh, scholarships uh, uh, to, um, you know, to uh, quite a number of students uh, across uh, Malaysia. Now, from a corporate perspective, um, many of the corporate organizations can absolutely consider a number of things to drive for the development of women uh, in the STEM field. A couple that I, I can share you know, with you and, and the audience here, one is around introducing what I call the flexible work culture, right? Mm. Offering flexible arrangements, uh, for instance, to accommodate work-life balance, uh, providing mentorship programs, uh, I mean, mentorship opportunities for women um, in technical areas, providing equal opportunities around, you know, ensuring fair hiring, promotions, um, and, and pay, right, to create right. that inclusive environment. And maybe one other thing that I say as well, um, identify role models, Right. Um, and, and really get them to share their stories, to highlight successful women in those fields uh, to inspire others. Right. And I'm sure at that time you don't find many role models for you. You know what I mean? Back then. Right. So I guess now you are a role model to others. Right. Um, what do you feel are important skills and traits to move up the career ladder? You know, uh, you know, some things that you feel have helped you in building your uh, career. First thing that I'd say um, is around adaptability and learner's mindset. Ability to adapt to new environment, you know, new culture as fast as you can. And I know it's easier said than done, huh? um, but if we want to be fast and agile and learning as much as we could, we need to be flexible and be prepared to adjust, you know, go through steep learning curve, uh, build new relationship and network and, and really learn as much as we can. Um, and just based on my experience, it was hard. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's easy, but it can be very, very rewarding. The, the other point is around resilience, the ability to recover quickly from difficulties and challenges, um, 
And throughout, you know, our journey, uh, if I look back in my 30 years um, career journey, I've had my ups and downs. I certainly had those down moments where when I thought, okay, you know, maybe I should just give up completely. Right. But actually, those moments actually helped me to build my resilience. Um, but it did take a lot of strength, courage, determination, right? And really a good balance of what I call the whole mental and physical health, right? To, to ensure that you can actually, um, you know, overcome that. And finally, I say, Freda, perspective. It's mm. important that, you know, whatever that we do, just, you know, bring things back into perspectives, especially when you're feeling challenged, when you're feeling stress, right? It can be just, you know, simple things like reminding yourself that, there are other more important stuff in life, right? such yes. as your health, yes. your family, yes. your friends, right? Compared to right. the stress at work. Right, right. Um, and you feel that what what usually holds women from progressing? Do you feel a lot of it um, is also self? Um, as in, you think the the infrastructure is ready for women to progress, but a lot of it is perhaps self. But your your thoughts around that? I would say it's a mix, um, but indeed, I think a lot of uh, a lot of it is to do with that belief, that self belief that they're not good enough, yeah. right? The lack of that self confidence, I, I call it, and and being afraid to step into a male dominated industry because they're just uncertain on what to expect. Mm. Um, there is also, I think, a cultural aspect around it, right? Being Malaysian, you know, being, being part of Asia, the whole cultural piece where, you know, there's, it used to be a saying, right? Women stay at home and men go to work. Mm. And that's not super helpful, right? <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, the whole family prioritization comes into the equation as well, which is okay. Mm. Um, but this is where organizations um, can play a role, right? By having the right framework policies in place to enable support for women to succeed in their career and at the same time be able to manage the family. And maybe one thing that I, I, I don't mind sharing with yourself and the audience, Freda, is, is a, around a couple of sound bites that we picked up from several interviews that we conducted with a number of women talents across Shell. And these were women who decided to leave. Huh? Um, and, and I'll quote you a couple of things. Uh, one of them actually said, oh, we have to work twice as hard as men to prove ourselves, especially early, early in our career. And another one actually said, um, oh, lack of role model. I am uninspired when I look up, when I look around, because I don't see enough diversity in the organization. And there was another piece around women need to balance family and career. And if they need to choose, they will prioritize the family. Right. Okay. Uh, so I would like to hear what you have to say for the Gen Z, who is just now entering the workforce, uh, boys and girls, right? You know, and the world is your oyster, right? What should they be preparing themselves for, um, you know, as they, as they start in their career? This is my favorite dinner conversation with my children. <laughs> and and the one, you know, first thing that I always say, exactly, exactly. And, and first thing that I always say is have an ambition, right? And, and know what, you know, your purpose and what you want in life. I mean, this is very important, very basic stuff, but it's very important, right? And having the determination is also key, meaning to say once you have set your ambition, do recognize that it is going to be a long-term journey. 
right? And as I said before, throughout that journey, there will certainly be ups and downs. So it's important for us to be resilient as well. And, you know, there are times that you feel like giving up, um, you know, and, and, and the thing is you just need to have an open mind, right? And, and you've got to be prepared to also make mistakes because when you make mistakes, um, that's when you learn, right? But you need to have the ability to bounce back very quickly and learn from those mistakes. Um, and then additionally, and finally, I, I'd say throughout that journey to your ambition, do take time to celebrate, right? Uh, you'll be looking back and saying, hey, I'm really proud of things that I've achieved. Now, do not hesitate to share that experience, right? The great experience and best practices that you might have had, right? Um, because it's not just about helping you as an individual or as the, the, the future leader, but it's also going to be helping others as well. Right. So new role, uh, country chair 2023. What do you hope to achieve in your role as country chair? Shell has been in Malaysia for more than 130 years, Freda. So I'm really hopeful that we can stay in this country for another century or more. Uh, so as a country chair, it is important for me, I think, first of all, to make sure that the entire organization is focused on performance, right? To ensure that, you know, we are delivering on our promises to the, you know, the community, to our shareholders, uh, to the government. And of course, in the growth space, um, you know, Malaysia, Shell Malaysia actually is one of our growth countries across the Shell Group. And we know very well that Malaysia energy demand will increase significantly in the long term. And hence, it's important that we continue to sustain a healthy portfolio and funnel of opportunities going forward to protect the energy security, right? Whilst in parallel working with the various uh, stakeholders in Malaysia um, at ways to de decarbonize our energy system. And finally, I'd say around our people, um, you know, I would continue to build greater Malaysian capabilities, not just in the conventional uh, business, but certainly building capabilities in the new energy space as well. Right. So it's Malaysia Day this weekend. What are your hopes and aspirations for Malaysia? I'm very, very proud to be a Malaysian. Uh, I do hope that, you know, this momentous occasion of our Malaysia Day uh, will serve as a stepping stone for our nation to continue to flourish uh, and thrive. And, you know, as we celebrate, uh, let, let us envision, right, a future filled with economic prosperity, social you know, harmony. I mean, that's the beauty about being Malaysian, right? Uh, you know, we, it's so, you know, peaceful and, and we live in harmony all the time. And hopefully we will have a lot of uh, stability as well in the political side of things going forward. And, and finally, I'd say I would love to see more of our Malaysian talents and capabilities shine bright. Uh, on the global stage, putting our country on the world map uh, as an attractive hub, right, for investments, innovations, and boundless opportunities. Thank you so much for your time and happy, happy Malaysia Day to you. I've been speaking to Siti Sulaiman, Shell Country Chair, and you've been listening to Her Vantage BFM 89.9. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.